The first of the ten paramis is generosity, and the traditionalists always begin with this. In fact, you can find uh, reasons for the order of the list. Now, actually, in the suttas themselves, the mainstream suttas, you do not find the ten paramis listed as a menu, and you do not find them in any particular order. The development of these ten paramis as a unit of teaching is probably a later development, and you find them in the avadana or apadana. <clears throat> and if you want to find a description of the paramis, look in the Buddhist publication society's book called The All-Embracing Net of Views. And at the end of that book is a uh, printout, basically, of the commentaries on the Ten Paramis. And it's quite a beautiful, delightful thing. Very inspiring to read each of these. <clears throat> so, generally, it begins with generosity. And the reason why is it's the easiest of these perfections. And, of course, if you're curious about the other ones, they all will be eventually included in our series. The perfection of generosity is the first because it's easiest and people of all different characters can do this. And you will see this in different cultures that somewhere along the line, all of the major religions intuit that this is a very important thing to develop. Uh, all of the religions who are non-materialistic, they all recognize that the experience of life and the accumulation of success and material objects and so forth are transient. They realize that General, the practice of generosity, the cultivation of generosity, the feeling, the joy that arises from generosity of actually giving things away is a counteractive to the accumulative tendency. When you accumulate things, when you mm, store them up and endlessly look for more, you're in some sense of, of denial about the facts of life. Because as we is apparent to us in our face, the fact that people die in the end, and they obviously do not take their things with them. You can see a few of the ancient religions where they tried to overcome this. They bury the pharaoh in the pyramids, and they provide whole storerooms of gold and even bury some slaves in there and so forth to go on to the next life. But well, obviously, we uncover the, they're all there in the pyramid <laughs> thousands of years later. The Chinese emperors were also buried with whole small armies as well and huge amounts of precious items. However, they remain on earth, subject to decay. So generosity is trying to tell you something that it is unwise and pathological to get too interested in accumulation. And that's, that pathology will result not only in your own personal unhappiness and endless 
emptiness or lack, but it'll also spiral out into the rest of society. If the entire society is exalts accumulation and avarice and covetousness and greed, uh, along with that goes ambition and conflict. So there will be wars and there will be minor violence between small groups of people, uh, corporations, all of these things are inevitable. They're, it's bound to happen. Generosity, uh, on the other hand, is a counterbalance to this. And so generosity is likely much more likely to lead to uh, peace. Uh, the, and it's infectious as well. Just like cum accumulation is, people are emulators. They watch and learn at the school of example. And so when they see people giving things away, uh, good things, precious things, uh, sharing, giving away, and, and being joyful about that, they, they also think, well, there's another way to look at things. So this is uh, something that is... You see this, of course, within a family. Now, if it's in a, within a family, if uh, there's a lack of generosity between close family members, then there's a certain pathology. I mean, it's the core idea of family to share. And, uh, that, of course, it's quite common that, that people do not, and they don't understand it, and then they... they produce a certain other resentment in the, the children or the child imitates the stinginess. So this is something that one has to encounter in life. Sometimes it's a revelation for people to encounter generosity, people just sharing and giving. It's, uh, it's, it's astonishing to them, it's surprising to them, disarms them and can be the beginning of great transformation. So it's the primary virtue, all of the other ones more or less have their base in that. And it would be very hard to call a person wise who is not generous, or a person virtuous who is not generous. All of these things, are, these other paramis, these other marks of development, really cannot stand alone or separate from generosity. Now you can you can start also with a very young child can learn generosity even at about three they can share things with their friends or uh, with their parents they can offer gifts and so forth and they they learn to delight in this so this is a beautiful personality development it should be practiced and one should reflect on how to do it skillfully so some of the advice is that before giving one should cultivate joy in the giving. Learn learn the joy of this skill. It's kind of like music or something like this. The joy of music, or like the cookbook, the joy of cooking. Cooking shouldn't just be a, a grim um, service or demand. There's joy in it. And of course, cooking is a kind of form of generosity. So generosity is should be accompanied by a joyful emotion before giving. And then during the act of giving, and then afterwards. Now, some people, they have this experience of regret over having given something. This is very unfortunate. 
even if the person who you've given something to does not appreciate it or does not use it or cherish it, gives it away, your the value of giving is yours. It is not in how the person who receives it uses it or whether they appreciate it or not. You need to detach the experience from the resultants. Resultants can't be controlled. And so you better give up hanging your happiness on something that's out of your control. So even if they abuse it, you, you should not regret having given. Even if later on they become your enemy, you should not regret having given. The giving is a benefit directly to you. That's who benefits. At a deeper level, the karmic nature of giving is that it comes back. Now, it's not that you think, I'm going to invest in giving and make a fortune. Although it is a guarantee, I mean, from a karmic point of view, it cannot be otherwise than whatever is given away returns to you multiple times. It returns, though, with the attitude that it was given. So it, things that come to you, have you noticed sometimes money comes to you, gifts come to you, uh, opportunities come to you, but some of them you feel deeply appreciative of, you enjoy, you have fun with them, and others are flat experiences, or even a sense of strange regret or disappointment or heaviness comes with a gift. Very strange that that you do not react always in the same way to, to the mere re receipt of things. So this, from a karmic point of view, this is the idea that the intentional mental condition that, that uh, an act of generosity is performed with uh, tags along with the actual repercussions when one gives, uh, think many things return. Of course, you the highest state of generosity is without expectation of return. Uh, but that requires another level of spiritual development. And one should not wait to give until one is perfectly free of the interest in the resultants of it or the return of, or an abundant return of the results of generosity. Why don't you just start doing it? Even if you can't be joyful, just practice giving. What you give should be appropriate. It should not be inappropriate. You should not give adult things to children. You should not give children's things to adults. You should give things that are appropriate to that person and non-destructive. So you don't share your dope with them. You, you, that's that's a, a certain kind of gift However, it's not a skillful gift. For instance, uh, monks are to refuse certain types of gifts. So uh, an Adamic gift to a monk would be a bottle of whiskey. So the monk is, uh, monks are supposed to receive whatever is given, but Adamic, like a bottle of whiskey, is to be refused. <laughs> so people have inappropriate senses of what is appropriate to give. So that's something to work on. You should uh, give it in a timely fashion. So a winter ski jacket is not the thing to give in the middle of the summer. And a 
A bathing suit is not to be given in the middle of winter, of course, unless you're going to Hawaii for your holidays. So appropriate to the time and the place. And that's a, a skill to be developed. And it's quite beautiful to watch people. Some people are so skillful and thoughtful. They, they listen for clues. They watch for they listen to the conversations. They, they overhear what a person likes and wishes for and, and which is appropriate for them. The timing is, is important. If you invite somebody for supper at 8 o'clock in the evening, it's quite likely they've already eaten. So that would be a thoughtless kind of invitation. It should have been at 3 in the afternoon. So timing and the and the quality of the gift, the usefulness of the gift. And the last, uh, certainly but not least, is that the gift should be clean. Uh, it may not be new. We often give away things with, that are used, and quite often they're highly appreciated, but they should be clean, at least. Uh, even when you give something to the Salvation Army uh, or the food banks, they do not have to be just unwanted things. They should be washed and cleaned and uh, offered with respect. So this is the appropriate way to do it. There's dignity involved in this as well. And that such things come back to you as well. So the thoughtfulness of the gift, the appropriateness of the gift, the emotional quality of the gift also return in the karmic way. There are also levels of repercussions. So a gift given with a virtuous heart to a person or persons with high moral development, high purity of mind, has greater results, thousands of times greater results than gifts given to people of a low moral development. And uh, this sometimes when I tell people from the Western cultures this, then they, they think, but shouldn't we be giving it to people on the street or maybe who are just out of jail or have addictions and so forth? Um, yes, we, we should, but the karmic repercussion is muted. The What comes back from those kind of gifts is a much lesser resultant than the gift to uh, uh, an exalted saintly person. And uh, so this is to be remembered. Now, the fact is that the world's social systems um, are sustained and maintained and kept at a civilized level through saintly people. People with clarity and well-being are who keep it from falling apart. And they are more valuable to a good way of life than people who are of low moral development and uh, uh, who are confused or ignorant. That is not how a, a very large population is sustained. That is not the way. Uh, they are to be treated with compassion, etc. But we need to understand there's a hierarchy of survival and benefits and um, people at the top of the emotional and lucidity level are really extremely important to the continuance of well-being in general in the world and in society. 
And so one should not be all that curious about why the repercussions of gifts to the, the highly developed person are greater than the gifts to the person of low moral development. It does not mean that one does not give to people of low moral development. It means that there are different repercussions and that we need actually to support. There are certain types of uh, quality of people that we need to support. And that supports the benevolence and enlightenment possibilities of a society. So the Buddha talks about supporting the Sangha and deprives the monks and nuns of independence of livelihood. You'll see in some of the Catholic orders where they actually make their own living. They, they dwell in monastic communities, but they make a living through farming or bread making or something like this. The Buddha forbids this for monks. We are forbidden from making our own livelihood except as alms mendicants. And so the, there's a deliberate understanding of the benefit of having people of high moral development receive generosity. And everybody has an opportunity to offer this. So the monks walking through any kind of farming village, uh, they're making themselves available for the, 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 mo the most humble farmer to offer a handful of rice. And that's very important to people's lives to not always perhaps be the recipient of things or in the impoverished class, but also to be a giver of things. The monks do have something to give and they dedicate their life to this. And right now, as I speak to you, this is a gift from me to you. It's called Dhamma Dana. And that's considered to be the highest and most meritorious of all gifts. The information that allows you to lead a happy life. If we don't have skillful information in our societies, uh, uh, an entire society can diminish and end up in disaster. Where, while you see uh, cultures that have been in, interrupted, their wisdom structures have been interrupted, and they devolve into drunkenness or madness or suicide violence this is what happens if the gift of wisdom is not shared and so there's many things aside from material gifts that are critical now those who have experienced the benefits of education and training and skills they will also understand that's an incredible gift that those who taught you gave you a livelihood a way of conducting yourself so this is a lifetime gift but even higher than that is the benefits of emotional understanding so even if somebody is very skilled uh, with uh, livelihood and, and uh, all kinds of crafts and skills it's not enough necessarily to make life worth living um, and you can see that some people terminate their own lives, even though they're very skillful, talented, etc. They, they do not have the information for how to live a happy life. So this is the critical core information, which is of the highest benefit. And it should be given appropriately and well. And part of this, of course, uh, we are attempting to use the new technology of uh, videos and so forth to reach a wide, to, to distribute the gift widely to anybody who 
wants it for free. And so this is the has been going on since the time of the Buddha, and now we have technology to, to do that and enhance that and to make the distribution larger. So uh, this is the parami of generosity. I cannot cover the entire thing, but uh, it is the first of the ten, and we will go on and uh, explore all, all of the ten as well.